Have you ever thought about writing a book? Would you like to write a book? Well, if past data and research is any indication, I would say that 8 out of 10 of you who listen to this show just thought to yourself, well, yes, actually. Depending on what source you <laughs> look at, there are some surveys that say that 81% of Americans feel they have a book in them and that they should write it. And today, we're going to talk about that with the publishing doctor himself and my own personal publishing coach because, yes, I've, I'm part of that 81%. I'm in the middle of writing a book. But my personal publishing coach, I'm going to introduce him to you. His name is Mr. Patrick Snow, and today we're going to talk publishing, try to give you some insight on why you should write a book and how you should go about doing it. Welcome to the Radical Personal Finance Podcast. My name is Joshua Sheets and I'm your host. Thank you for being with me today. Thrilled to be here to talk about this subject of book publishing. As with with most things, easier to say you're doing something than to do it. <laughs> the writing has been going slower than I would like, but I'm making progress and I refuse to quit. And I thought, what a great time to talk publishing with a brand new sponsor of the show, Mr. Patrick Snow. You're going to find this useful today. One of the central themes that I like to explore on Radical Personal Finance here is financial freedom. And I spend a lot of time talking about income. And as a component of income, I spend a lot of time talking about marketing. And my point in doing the show is to point out to you how the world actually works, not to give you the answers that people you know, often proffer when it comes to financial advice, not to say, well, the answer to your the reason that you're broke is because you haven't put money in IRA. Maybe that's a part of your plan, but there are some bigger picture deals and that you need to pay attention to. And one of those things that I consistently, consistently talk about is you need to pay attention to marketing, 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 marketing. No matter who you are, no matter what you're doing, you need to pay attention to marketing. You must constantly be selling yourself and marketing yourself. That takes different forms. That takes different uh, expressions. So at some point, you might be marketing yourself to a uh, prospective employer. So then we get into the whole, how do I get a job process? How do I create a resume? Is a resume even what matters? Uh, what, it's all about your marketing. You get into a business and, and running your own business. Well, it's all about marketing. Everything is going to have some component of marketing. If you are trying to spread your ideas and share them widely and gain influence and impact in the marketplace for your ideas with no dollar signs attached in any way, it's all about marketing. We've got to be excellent at marketing. And if you think about it, it's not that complicated to be excellent at marketing, but it's also not that easy. If you're broke and you're not making very much money, let me ask you a question. Take your field and ask yourself, number one, am I the most knowledgeable person in my field? After listening to Radical Personal Finance, I would bet that your answer is, well, I'm on my way. So am I very knowledgeable about my field? Am I an expert? And now ask yourself the question, have I been able to convey to other people that I am indeed an expert? Do I have a platform? Have I gone about marketing the fact that I'm an expert? 
Well, if you haven't, now's the time to start. But pay attention to the fact that you can't skip that step. It doesn't do you any good to be an expert and sit around telling yourself what an expert you are if you don't tell anyone else some of the things that you've learned and help them. You've got to help some other people. And so that comes down into communicating. And you're going to communicate in some form. You're going to communicate in written form, in verbal form like I do to you every day, uh, in video form, in speeches. You've got to communicate in some way. Well, one important component of that is a book. And ask yourself this question. How many people that are very influential have written a book? What you'll find that many of them have written a book or at least <laughs> have a book with their name on it. Whether or not they actually wrote it is another question. So today we're going to dig into that topic and I'm going to introduce you to somebody who is actually my personal publishing coach. Uh, when I was able to develop the outline for Radical Personal Finance, I again started to research and I've paid attention to the publishing realm for a while. I've intended to write a book uh, and so I went out and started researching uh, different perspectives. I had, I, I've had a, a background, a philosophy of knowing what I wanted to do and why I was doing it. But uh, good information is incredibly valuable. So I joined a couple of online forums. I signed up and, and bought a couple of, of classes and some different information packages. And along the way, I was introduced to the name of somebody named Patrick Snow. He came recommended by somebody in an online forum that I was uh, participating in, and they recommended him, and I went and checked him out, and I immediately uh, knew that he was the guy who was in a position to help me. He, uh, he was speaking my language. He had the experience and the knowledge uh, and the information that we needed to, to do. So I hired him, uh, and uh, then as part of that also, I talked to him about radical personal finance and was able to coax him into becoming a sponsor of the show. And so today we're going to launch that sponsorship in the form of an interview, and this is an information-packed interview. Uh, and my hope is that you'll, number one, absorb the information, consider it, uh, and go about thinking about what is in the book that you want to write uh, and start considering how this could help your marketing for your personal brand. Uh, and then for a few of you, I hope that Patrick will be an extremely valuable resource for you, that you'll reach out to him and perhaps he can serve you in the same way that he's currently helping and serving me as I work through uh, publishing uh, and writing and then publishing this book. So here we go. Let's get to the interview. Patrick, welcome to Radical Personal Finance. Thrilled to be here, Joshua. Thank you for having me on your show. <laughs> so this ought to be fun. We are fairly recently acquainted uh, because I've started working with you on my own uh, publishing experts, uh, excuse me, my own, my own publishing endeavors uh, as I work on building my brand. And I've been impressed with the work that we've done. I've checked you out, and I think that it's going to be a great fit. Uh, and today we're here to launch even the, your sponsorship on the show, which is also exciting. We'll get to that later. But I want to start with uh, giving you an opportunity to introduce yourself to the audience specifically. Uh, so what's your entrepreneurial story? Where did you start from and uh, where has your entrepreneurial journey brought you thus far? Well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll tell you the ending first I'm, uh, and then go back to the beginning. I'm uh, going to be 47 years old soon. I uh, currently reside in uh, Maui, Hawaii. I've been here for three years. Before that, I was in uh, Seattle, Washington for 25 years. Uh, my boys are 24 and 20. Uh, older one's a stockbroker and financial advisor for J.P. Morgan Chase in New York City. My younger one's a college student in Honolulu. And my boys and family are my top priority. And um, 
I'm an international best-selling author, a professional keynote speaker, a publishing coach, book marketing coach, professional speaking coach. I've got three books published. Two are with John Wiley and Sons in New York. The other is self-published. My first book is titled Creating Your Own Destiny, uh, which is all about uh, how to get exactly what you want out of life, soul search for your innermost passions, transforming your most marketable passion in your profession. Uh, book number two is The Affluent Entrepreneur. This is 20 uh, proven uh, principles for achieving prosperity. And this book is all about analyzing and studying 20 of the most famous billionaires on planet Earth and learning from their mistakes, uh, failures, and successes, and then emulating their successes to help us achieve the wealth that we desire. And then book number three is uh, a whole lot of fun. It's titled Boy Entrepreneur, an insp- uh, uh, How One Hawaii Kid Succeeded in Business, and You Can Too. It's an inspirational fable of free enterprise and self-leadership, and it also has eight business building special reports included in that. And so what I do is I earn my living full-time as a professional keynote speaker. I've done about 3,000 paid speaking engagements on uh, uh, three or four continents over the last uh, 20 years or so. I absolutely love speaking and meeting new people. I speak on the, mostly on the subject matter of free enterprise, entrepreneurship, sales, marketing, management, balancing family and work, achieving your dreams, goals, and visions, uh, perseverance, persistence. Uh, uh, all of those uh, subject matters. And then when I'm not on the road as a professional keynote speaker, I make my living as a publishing coach, book marketing coach, professional speaking coach. And uh, we've done about a 1,000 books over the last 20 years where I've served as their mentor, helping my clients save both time and money and then help them create a world-class book that they own 100% of the rights of. But yet that book is far superior than the books that are published out of New York. Typically, 250 to 300 page hardcover book, world class cover design, world class content, and I serve as their mentor to make that happen and, and go through. Um, been featured as a cover story in USA Today, Spanish edition, Forbes magazine, New York Times, Chicago Sun Times, 750 radio and TV interviews. So I've had a lot of fun with the media over the years. But that's kind of the end of the story where I'm at now. <laughs> and that's obvious. Like, well, that, that's obviously the first time that you've ever done a done an elevator pitch. <laughs> yeah, and I try to keep it short because I don't want to bore the listeners. But, very uh, impressive. Very, very, very impressive. I like it. Yeah. So that's the end of the story, and and I guess and my goal is to publish ten thousand people in my lifetime, and I've gotten one thousand done. We've got nine thousand to go. So to answer the beginning of the question. Um, I was born and raised in Michigan. My father was a school teacher. My mother was a nurse. I was the fourth of five children. And uh, my dad taught me as a young child that I could achieve any dream, goal, and vision that I wanted as long as I believed in myself and worked hard enough at it. Um, And then his whole mantra was, and then you got to pay for it. And so when I was in the eighth grade, I was cut off financially, meaning that uh, I had to earn my way for anything. I had to buy my clothes, my shoes, buy anything that I wanted. And so soon thereafter, in the summers, I pushed a lawnmower, my dad's lawnmower, uh, you know, block after city block after city block and looking for long grass lawns. And I'd go knock on the door and ask for 10 or $20 to mow the grass, depending on how big their yard was. And then the winter months, I would uh, do the same thing with my snow shovel after a snowstorm and go shovel snow and earn 10 or $20. Um, shortly thereafter, I delivered the Detroit Free Press, a uh, newspaper route for almost a year. And I realized that there doesn't make sense to trade time for dollars. 
and there had to have been a better way to earn more money with less time. And so I went back to the Detroit Free Press folks and they asked me if I would get into sales. And so I started doing door-to-door sales, selling Detroit Free Press subscriptions. And I remember I had my little sales pitch down and and uh, every Tuesday night and every Thursday night I would go out from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. And uh, this guy, I don't even remember his name, but he was in a white van, could have been a molester of some kind. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> nonetheless, uh, you know, he dropped me off in our neighborhood and said, okay, I'll be back in three hours to pick you up. And so, and I had all these little forms in my pen in my pocket, and I'd probably do three or four or five hundred doors in a night. And uh, I don't know, maybe not that many, but it seemed like a lot. And I would get a dollar commission for every Sunday subscription that I would sell, and then a two dollar commission for every daily newspaper subscription that I'd sell. And I'd hit a grand slam if someone signed up for both a daily and a Sunday. And my Sunday pitch was easy. This was before the internet, before computers. And it was, uh, you know, everybody had a TV and we all want to know what the TV was and TV guides costed money. So I would say when you buy your Detroit Free Press Sunday subscription, you get a free TV guide in every newspaper. And then not only that, if you go to the coupon section, you get more than $5 in coupons in every Sunday paper. And the Sunday paper only cost 50 cents or whatever it was. And so I would turn in these forms at the end of my night at dark on a school night. And then the, the 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 guy in the van, whatever his name was, I don't remember his name at all, <laughs> would literally give me $100 cash, $120 cash, $130 cash. On a bad night, it would be like $80. And this was for a you know, 13-year-old kid in the eighth grade. And so I, at that point, that's how my entrepreneurial career started. And that's how I learned about leveraging uh, your brand, uh, being persistent, uh, uh, enduring perseverance, uh, overcoming rejection, developing thick skin, being told no again and again and again and not quitting and just continuing to move on. And I learned that by going through this field of sales and marketing and entrepreneurship that I could earn 10 times the amount of money on an hourly basis than what all my friends were earning when they were punching a clock, you know, making minimum wage at a restaurant. And so that kind of fueled the fire and a burning passion for entrepreneurship that's been in me for the last uh, 35 some odd years and it hasn't gone away. How hardcore was, you mentioned your dad cut you off in eighth grade. How hardcore was he about that? Was it kind of, Patrick, you're on your own. I'm never giving you another buck. Or is it a more gradual transition? We want you to start paying, but he was still willing to help you out. What was it like? Well, both my mom and my dad were that way, and I think partly it was because um, we were middle-class America. I think when I was born, we were lower class in terms of income. I had no money, and then as I got older and as my siblings started graduating and going off to college, they had more money and more money, but it was a, you know five kids on a teacher's salary, and then five kids on a uh, – my mother was a nurse, and she delivered babies in a hospital, and so they just didn't have a lot of money, so I think they kind of did it not so much out of uh, choice, but they did it out of need, and they also knew the importance of developing a hardcore work ethic, and so that was the reason why they did it, and I'm certainly glad that they did. Uh, I had certain chores that I needed to do around the house, and uh, and if I did all of my chores around the house, they gave me $5 in allowance every week, and that $5 in allowance also just happened to be what it cost to buy my lunch ticket uh, to eat a hot lunch at school because it's $5 a week for lunch. And a dollar a day to buy a, a school lunch. 
Uh, and at the time, they seemed so good, but now they're just looking back, at, you know, how bad those were. But the point being was it wasn't hardcore. It wasn't, uh, you know, the other part of it was my mother worked nights. She worked the, the shift from 3 to 11 p.m. My father was taught school all day and then coached different sports teams in the evenings. And so it was, um, okay, by the way, mom's going to be gone. Uh, and so this is how you cook your own dinner. This is how you buy, you know, make your food. Um, and oh, by the way, this is how the washing machine works and the laundry and the dryer works. So if you want to have clean clothes and clean laundry, then uh, uh, then here you go. This is how you use the washer and dryer. And here's your five dollars allowance, which is your lunch money and anything else you want. You're on your own. So uh, it was a it was a great way to grow up. And I tried to emulate that with my kids. I mean, I think as a parent, um, the two greatest things that we can give our children is time and love, and the more time and the more love that we give our children, then uh, they're going to be very confident. They're going to pursue their dreams, goals, and visions, and passions. The absolute, uh, and, and then I would say the other thing is believing in their visions, believing in their passions, help them discover their passions, help them believe in that. Um, the absolute worst thing I think you can do to your kids is to give them money um, unless they earn it. And so I guess that's my. Midwestern roots in me growing up in Michigan, but certainly a, a great way to grow up and a great way to, to parent children. Did you try to train your boys to be entrepreneurs? Uh, I didn't try to. I just kind of did. Um, my younger son, he's like, uh, you know, <laughs> he's having so much fun buying and selling on the internet that he's like, why do I need to go to college? I'm making way more money than all my friends are, way more money. And so when, when he and my younger son were young, they used to buy and sell um, paintball guns on the internet and then they'd buy at a hundred dollars and they'd sell at 200 and then buy at 75 and sell at 150 and then you know clean them up and fix up the paintball guns and shine them up and then get lights you know uh, uh, posted or on the actual gun so it's nice and shiny and they take pictures on their phones and then post them on the uh, on the on the internet and then that evolved from being arms dealers I guess they were legal arms dealers selling paintball <laughs> guns and not real guns and then they both had a passion for shoes, um, not just any kind of shoes, but uh, Nike SBs, which were the Nike skateboard shoes. And these Nike skateboard shoes were a, like a cult-like following for many years, and I still think that they are. But uh, I think my son right now has about 50 pairs of these shoes. But he's been making 500 to to $1,000 a month for as long as I can remember, as far back as the seventh grade, all the way through grades, uh, junior high, high school, into college. And he buys shoes at seventy five, sells for two hundred. Buys at one fifty, sells at three hundred. He's got a pair of Nike SB skateboard shoes that there's only five pairs in the world that have been uh, made, uh, and they're worth about seven hundred fifty dollars. He's got another pair that's only pair ever made, and they're worth about twenty five hundred. And he actually won those from Nike SB. So uh, they have both become entrepreneurial through that aspect. And I was probably a bit more lenient. I did buy their groceries. Uh, I did buy their clothes. But I certainly didn't buy anything else for them. Anything else that they needed, they they always earned on their own. And so, yeah, I think I think a flat out works. And I kind of followed my father's footsteps. But I think not to be a parenting coach here, but I think, and I just lost my father tragically of uh, pancreatic cancer after a nine month uh, courageous battle. He passed this past summer at seventy four years old. And I think the single greatest gift that he's given me is that he has always believed in my dreams, goals, and visions. And so the gift 
that I've tried to share and pass on to my children is whatever their dreams, goals, and visions, I believe in them 100% wholeheartedly. And that belief in a kid, that might be the difference between their success and failure. So uh, I'm always grateful for my father, Jack Snow, for, for that level of belief. And uh, maybe that's why it was so hard for me to let him go this past summer. I want to spend most of our discussion talking about publishing, but I do want to just ask one more question on the discussion of entrepreneurship. Uh, so what specifically did you do in working with your sons as a parent? Because you say, okay, I just expected it of it, just kind of happened. But what specifically did you do to encourage those entrepreneurial endeavors? Well, first off, I don't see any difference between publishing and entrepreneurship. I think they're one and the same. I think they're like salt and pepper, uh, peanut butter and jelly. They're interconnected because publishing is entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is uh, what the the uh, information empire of publishing is all about. But what I specifically did with them is, of course, kids have big eyes. And whenever they are in a store and they see something and they desire it, and they go, wow, oh, I want that, Dad, I want that. I'm like, okay, great. Let's get that for you. Let's come up with a way to get that. They're like, well, just buy it. I'm like, no, I'm not buying it. You got to buy it. They're like, okay, well, let's figure out a way to make money to do this. And so I would be always coming up with these money-making ideas, whether it be a lemonade stand, you know, baking cookies, um, selling raffle tickets door-to-door, some kind of way to encourage them to think for themselves that they could buy it if they were to earn it. And my goal was to always brainstorm with them and share with them ways in which they could come up with monies to do it on their own. And I remember speaking to my dad again back in 1983. I earned $500 in my paper out in my Detroit Free Press monies, and I had an extra $500. And at that time, I was a, uh, I was a bike racer, and I had this old piece of crap uh, bike that was probably 10 years old and wasn't very good. And I was winning these races with this old beat-up 10-speed, and I thought, my goodness, if I had a real racing bike, not only could I win these races, but I could like really do well in this business. And so I ended up saving an additional $500. Uh, and then I told my dad that I'm going down to the bike shop and I'm buying a 1984 Team Fuji uh, racing bike. And he said, no, Patrick, there's no way you can't do that. That's way too much money. That'd be like a 12-year-old kid buying a $3,000 bike today. And uh, I said, no, dad, at 13, I'm going to do this. This is my money. I've earned this. I'm going to do this. And so he said, I guess it's your money. Do whatever you want. And so I took the $500, went down to the bike shop and bought a 1984 uh, uh, metallic blue Team Fuji racing bike. And then I raced that bike for about three years and I sold it when I went off to college. Long story short, um, about three years ago, I went back to uh, uh, allofcraigslist.com to see if I could find that same bike. And sure enough, for $100, I found the same size, color, make, model, year of that bike. I bought it for $100, fixed it up, and now that Team Fuji racing bike sits in my office as an entrepreneurial trophy of my pursuits as a child. So to answer your question, uh, I would help my children come up with strategies as ways in which they could make their own money so they could make their own purchases. So let's talk about publishing because that was how we got connected. I'm a big believer in uh, and try to make it a life practice of learning the things I need to learn when I need to do them. And so a big focus for me as we record this here in October, October has been dedicated to my writing and starting the publishing process of my first book. 
And so as part of that, I've done uh, a ton of research and trying to inform myself and study about the things that are uh, important to me. This is one of the, uh, the key things I think we miss in our schooling society where we try to, instead of teaching people how to become learners and self-directed learners, we try to teach people there's a curriculum that you need to know. And once you pass this curriculum, you, you're done. Uh, I reject that. And I just try to say, well, let me filter all my information through through my goals. And so as I've worked on this, I've purchased various uh, courses, various books, various resources, um, looked for coaching services. And that was how I found your coaching services, uh, as I've looked for coaches and to find people to help me uh, navigate this process and avoid some of the mistakes. Uh, so you're an expert in the topic of publishing. And when I look at the world of publishing today, I see two things. Number one, it's never been easier to publish uh, a written work. Uh, you just sit down, plunk out some words, toss it, you know, hire somebody on Fiverr to turn it into a .mobi uh, file format and publish it on Amazon. Uh, so it's never been easier to do it. But on the other hand, it's never been more difficult to stand out among all the noise. Uh, there are more books being published now, as I understand it, than ever before in, in human history. So the question would be, is publishing a book still the best thing to do? What would be your comments as a coach and having coached hundreds of authors, what would be your comments on the value of publishing physical paper books in today's world? Well, first and foremost, um, I agree with you. It's never been easier to publish books, and there are more books now published than ever. But I would add a, an adjective to that, and that is that there are more crappy books published now more than ever. And one way that we need to stand out is to create a world-class book, a 250 to 300-page hardcover book that's far superior than the books that come out in New York. So world-class title, cover, testimonials, front-page inserts, back-page inserts, um, uh, and it just kind of stands out. And so in, in the back end of your question again was what is the best way to stand out? Is that, is that, was that the best back end of your question? I guess I'm starting with a reason because when you get to publishing a book, here's my approach even to my own book. I'm going to do a good job with it and I'm going to try to do – I'm going to do the best job I can to make it world class because I want everything I do to be really, uh, really valuable. And I'm hopeful of making money uh, on it. But I also recognize that the majority of the authors with the, with the exception of a few noted fiction authors and a few interesting niches and with the exception of some massive best-selling nonfiction, um, nonfiction authors, uh, the majority of authors that I've looked at say publishing a book is a very low-pay activity. It's a very low – you don't actually – you can't expect to make a ton of money on a book. And so then the question is, well, why should I bother to publish a book in, in, today's, in today's world? How do you answer that if people are talking or been thinking about the subject? Well, first off, I would completely 100% with all my heart and soul disagree with that statement. And the reason why I would disagree with that statement is that there's a lot of noise out there in the marketplace. There's a lot of social media babble. And I'm a big advocate of social media, so I don't think there's anything wrong with social media. I think it's a fantastic tool. But everybody is of the belief that they can just go to social media and all their dreams, goals, and visions and revenue will happen. The problem is, is that we need to stand out. And so I believe the best way to stand out is to write and publish a book because a book is not just a bound piece of work with words and content. A book is the world's greatest marketing secret in the history of our business. A book is a physical website. A book is a lead generating tool. A book is an attraction magnet. 
A book is a credential and credibility piece that only about 1% of the people in the world have. A book is a way for you to stand out from the crowd, to get noticed, to get millions of dollars worth of free publicity. And the bottom line is you don't write and publish a book because you want to make a little bit of extra money on selling the book. You write and publish the book so that you can do speaking, coaching, and consulting. And in a few moments, I'm going to share with you my holy grail of this industry and tell you the world's greatest marketing secret, which is to write and publish your book to transform your passions into your professions, to transform your intellectual property into the written word. It was Abraham Lincoln who said that the only way the dead can teach the yet unborn is through the written page. And so our goal as we leave a legacy for our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren, our goal to attract more market share, to stand out from the crowd, to get noticed, to get those speaking, coaching, consulting opportunities is to understand that you don't actually make a whole lot of money off the book. And yeah, you know, I've sold upwards of a million books in five languages in 108 countries and Russian, Arabic, Spanish, Indonesian, uh, English, and, and, and some others. Um, yeah, I've done well on my book, but the majority of my income comes from the speaking, the coaching, the consulting that happens as a result of leveraging the book to secure the speaking and the coaching opportunities. It's not from actual book sales. So as an example of this, when I first launched my professional speaking career 15, 16, 18 years ago, my book, uh, Creating Your Own Destiny, had just gotten published. And as soon as the book was published, I searched on the internet. I found a $5,000 speaking engagement in Florida. At the time, I lived in Seattle. And I had been speaking up and down the I-5 corridor, Seattle, Portland, uh, Vancouver, uh, British Columbia. And all of my speaking engagements I went to, I drove to, and uh, had, wasn't paid that much, maybe $1,500, $2,500 here and there, $3,500. And then I found this $5,000 paid gig in Key Largo, Florida. I mailed the meeting planner a signed copy of my book along with sending an email and my highlight video. And to my surprise, she replied back and said, yep, we want to book you. Send us the agreement. So I send my speaking agreement for five grand, a round-trip airline ticket, two nights hotel, my food and expenses, and they paid me, paid me in full nine months before the event. And so I was on cloud nine. I thought that was the greatest thing ever. And today my keynote speaking fee is 25000 So when I look back at that um, $5,000, I don't know why I was so excited. But the reason why is because it was my first one that paid that much and the first time I got to fly to a gig. So I went down there. I did what my mentor taught me. I showed up early. I stayed late. I did the pre-speech interviews. I took the content from my pre-speech interviews, added that to the speech. I got a standing ovation. And it's important to note that most times I don't get a standing ovation unless I'm speaking to network marketing organizations, full commission sales, real estate, mortgage, uh, uh, anybody that's in sales, I typically get standing ovations. Most corporations, associations, um, you don't get standing ovations, and that's just the way it is in the business because they don't really care that much. Um, so anyways, I went to the meeting planner afterwards, and I said, well, my goodness, uh, I don't know what I did right, but I obviously screwed up, and I did something right because uh, you guys loved it. The audience loved it, so I just need to know what was it about Patrick Snow. Why did you book me as your speaker? There must have been other speakers that had bid on this gig. And she said, well, yes, Patrick, of course. We had 47 other speakers all over North America. And every one of these 47 speakers sent us an email. And in that email was their embedded highlight video. And we watched 10 to 15 videos, and they were all great speakers. 
And then, Mr. Snow, you mailed us a signed copy of your book. And I said, well, great. What do you think of the book? And she said, we loved it. That's why we booked you as our keynote speaker. And then I said, no. What do you think of the content of the book? And she said, well, to tell you the truth, Patrick, to tell you the truth, I just want you to know that we have seven speaking uh, 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 people on our speaker selection committee, and we've been so busy that not a single one of the seven of us had a chance to actually read your book. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, my goodness. I've just discovered the entire holy grail of the entire professional speaking industry, and that is everybody else on the planet is trying to secure their gigs by emailing highlight videos and email and email and email. And the problem is meeting planners are getting 500 emails a day and spam and all kinds of issues and it's going to the spam blocker and so you don't even know if the emails are going through. And what I discovered when you physically send a 250 to 300 page hardcover book uh, via the regular U.S. mail and one of those cardboard envelopes via priority service, then this shows up on their desk, and I throw in the USA Today cover story, the New York Times, some testimonials, a speaker one sheet, a cover letter, some other things, and I inscribe the book specifically to the meeting planner. I'm excited about the prospects of being selected as your keynote speaker for your spring upcoming sales conference or whatever it is. Then they just love that. And so I realized that that was the reason why you write and publish the books. Who cares about the book sales? Who cares if you're a bestseller? Who cares how many books you actually sell? All I care about is strategically gifting these books to the people who have the ability to hire me for speaking, coaching, consulting. So over the last 15 years, I've done about $3.5 million in revenue using that one marketing strategy alone. And I'm not trying to impress anybody with that revenue stream or that income number. And that's not been in one year, but that's been over the course of about 15 years. And the, I'm just trying to impress upon you how powerful it is. And so from that time 15 years ago, I find 10 speaking engagements on the internet. I mail out 10 books to meeting planners. Three and a half out of 10 make that conversion and hire me as their speaker. And then with regards to publishing prospects as a coach, I find 10 people on the internet throughout the world that want to write and publish a book, that want to be a bestseller, that want to be an author, speaker, coach, consultant, or just looking for a better way to promote their business. Maybe they're a chiropractor, uh, a, a doctor, a financial services representative. Uh, whatever they are, I believe that the book is the best way to market you. And so I send out 10 books to these 10 prospects, and then 7 out of 10 convert and hire me as their coach. Seven or three? Seven. So seven on the coaching, but three and a half on the speaking. So my close ratio for speaking when sending books is 35%. My close ratio for coaching when sending books is 70%. And I tell you what, that's all I do. That's my entire marketing strategy. It is print books, ship books, follow up. Print books, ship books, follow up. Print books, ship books, follow up. That's the only marketing that I do, and it's the only marketing that I need to do because nobody else on planet Earth is doing that. And I love that quote that says, the fortune is made in the follow-up. And Napoleon Hill in his book, The Law of Success, says on average, we must have seven bits of communication between buyer and seller for sale to transpire. So I mail the book, that's one. And then I call or email, that's two, three. And then once a week, every week for the rest of my life, I touch them. I drip on them just once a week. And then typically within seven weeks, I'm filling out paperwork 
to have them hire me as a coach or to book me as their keynote speaker. And so I would completely disagree with that statement that there is the, the whole reason why you write and publish the book is so that you can sell more whatever it is that you do. Whatever your business, if you're a landscape architect, you write and publish the book so you can attract more landscape architect clients. If you're a financial planner, you write and publish the book to attract more financial planning clients. If you're a chiropractor, you write and publish the book so that you can attract more patients. So without question, the book is the most powerful marketing tool and the world's greatest marketing secret in all of business, hands down. I am convinced. I think you said you disagreed, but you actually did agree with me because that's what I was saying is that it's not about the book directly. It's about the ancillary services. And I used to I, – I, so this has been my plan with even radical personal finance. One of the things that really frustrated me when I was a life insurance agent was that – I didn't have the ability, based upon the rules and regulations of the large company I worked with, I didn't have the ability to publish my own materials to do my selling for me. And I would go out in the life insurance business, let's see, there would be books like, um, famous ones like uh, you know, Infinite Banking or Bank on Yourself, which are all about using whole life insurance policies yep, as, yep. A, uh, as, a, as a way of funding your life, or whether it was uh, other aspects of just different things. There'd be financial, there'd be uh, advisors and, and producers who all they would do is write the book. And what they would do is if they wrote the book and they wrote the book well, number one, you get people to – even Tony – this is what Tony Robbins did uh, last year with his book Money Master the Game. You get people to pay you to buy your marketing and advertising materials and then those marketing and advertising materials, they make money on their on themselves and then they turn around and incentivize people to uh, to – uh, uh, go ahead and consume more of your services. And because you are going first as the entrepreneur, as the marketer, you're going first with the massively helpful content and the clear pr- presentation. Your customers, instead of having an adversarial relationship, you have a, a, a work together relationship. And so if you build the marketing funnel uh, systematically and the book, you give somebody for whatever the cost of the book, whether in your case you're sending it out for free, you're, you're, you're giving somebody so much information that they're naturally going to inquire and say, oh, what's the next step? What, what, what can I do to get more specific application? And that's how you build a strong marketing funnel. And it used to frustrate me because I said, this is so obvious. I see so many people doing it, but yet I as an individual, uh, I, uh, legally, I wasn't permitted to do it. It's one of the reasons why I left that industry. And then with Radical Personal Finance, that's been my business model all along. I build the market first with the white, with the white space I saw with the podcast. Now I'm in the process of following that up with the book, uh, coaching, uh, products, uh, additional resources for people who want to go deeper. And I believe it's the perfect win-win-win across the board marketing channel for most businesses because what it allows your clients to do is to self-select the ones that are right for you and the ones that are wrong for you. So instead of trying to do a mass market thing where, okay, I'm going to buy lots of time on television and and then reaching the mass market with the generalized content, you're focusing very specifically on helping the people who are a perfect fit for your content and then overwhelming those people who are the customers for your business with the most valuable information that 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 they need. Uh, and it's it's a time-proven system. Frustrates me. <laughs> I'm glad that I can now do it, but I, I just there's a little bit of pent-up frustration from years of watching it. I wasn't able to do it before, but I'm thrilled to be doing it now. Well, and the best reason about this is that the life cycle of a book and the shelf life of a book can last for hundreds and hundreds of years. I mean, look at the Bible, for goodness sakes. Is that 2,000 years old, plus or minus? 
you know, and so when you write and publish a book, you know, that book is going to stay around for 50 years, 75 years, 100 years or more until that book, you know, physically falls apart. And so what happens is it's too expensive to go out there and hire a direct sales force trying to market your products and service and your brand. But when you look at a book, I don't look at a book as a salesman or a saleswoman. To me, a book is a sales it. And you don't have to pay medical or dental benefits. You don't have to pay a 401k. A book will market and brand and sell for you for as long as that book is in circulation. And people don't throw away books. They give away books. They send them to the library. They gift them to people. They let people borrow them. And the book sells and markets and brands for you for hundreds of years. And so hence another reason why I think it's the world's greatest marketing secret. And you're absolutely right. And I'm, by the way, I think it's wonderful what you've done and go out on your own. Because radical personal finance is far better than anything I've seen out there. So grateful that uh, you made that leap and so thrilled about our friendship. Yeah, it's going to be uh, good even as we work together. Because if you – well, my, my, my theory has been let me just focus on doing the best that I can. I can't claim to be better, but I can work really hard to be excellent. And at every stage, if I work hard in my business to be excellent, the people who are going to – be appropriate for my services will follow through. And I think that can be applied at the microcosm scale to on any business, any person. I want to, I want to shift now and talk about online branding versus uh, physical, like talking at the book and see how you see the inter- intersection. I teach some concepts on radical personal finance uh, and I focus on always start with building your number one uh, wealth engine, which is your income, and that's going to start by your human by by enhancing your human capital, which is your earning ability. So you've got to focus on building the earning ability in your job by advancing in your career or in your business by promoting your business uh, more more broadly. And so that's going to build in with marketing. And I see specifically even for most employees, most employees are not thinking about their personal brand. They're not thinking about how do I enhance myself and make learn the skills that I need to be a useful resource for my next employer and how do I market myself to be attractive to my next employer? So I I recommend as a minimum to get started and establish yourself with a blog in your industry, focus on building up uh, your expertise, focus on promoting and being a resource in your industry. And it's so simple today with a, a few bucks of, of hosting fees to launch a, launch a great looking blog. How do you see the intersection between online uh, posting, online blogging, uh, writing articles versus publishing a comprehensive book. What do you see as the proper intersection between those two things for most people? Well, uh, the intersection is I have many, many, many clients that they say, well, I can't ever write a book. That's too hard. That's too long. That's going to take too much time. And I say, but you have a blog. And say, yeah. And I say, well, how long have you been blogging? I'm like, oh, they all say, oh, we've been blogging for two years. And then my answer is, well, go back in uh, 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 Take an inventory of your 50 best blogs that you've gotten the best response from that you enjoy the most. And then you repurpose those 50 blogs as content for your book. And now you have a book with 50 different chapters in the book. And then all we have to do is come up with an introduction, a final note, a title, subtitle, tagline. We get some testimonials in there, do the acknowledgments, dedication page, these kind of things, your back page, sales inserts, and bam, you're published. And so a lot of time, publishing is just simply a um, it's an it, it's a collection of all of the existing works that you've already done. It's a repurposing the blog content that's already been published. And so um, I would say that there it's one and the same. 
The only difference is, is that you can physically send a blog to somebody and they might not do anything with it. It might just get lost in the electronic space. Uh, but if you physically put a book in someone's hand, they have to do something. And they have to put it aside. They have to put it by their bedstand. They have to put it on their bookshelf. Uh, it might sit in their inbox for a week or two, but they have to physically do something. So I'm above the belief that the printed book is far better than a blog. But I think if you don't want to spend the time writing the book from scratch, I would say repurpose all of the content from your blog and turn your blog into a book. And I've had probably 50 clients that don't believe that they can write a book, but all of them have blogs and they take their blogging content, copy and paste it, repurpose it, stick it into their book, and then literally 90 to 95% of the heavy lifting of the book has been done. So to me, a blog and a book are one and the same. It's just that a book is far more impressive uh, to the meeting planner and certainly catches the attention, but the actual content and the ability to change and impact people's lives if the books get read and if the blogs get read, uh, have that same power. So I'm a big advocate of blogging. Let's talk about publishing, self-publishing versus working on attracting a publisher to actually publish your work. This is also one of the big uh, decisions that authors have to make. Uh, and there's a lot of historical baggage on both sides of these things. In 2015, if you're coaching a client who's considering, should I self-publish my book or should I uh, try to find a publisher to publish it for me, where do you start with giving them advice? Well, first thing, I let them know that there's about 100 decisions that they need to make in order for them to successfully publish a world-class book that they can actually make money on. And if they make about 95% of those decisions correctly, then the book is going to be a miserable failure. So the key is that you got to make 100 out of 100 decisions correct in order to succeed in this business. And so 100 out of 100, and the most important of those decisions is selecting the right publishing option. And a lot of people don't realize this, but there's actually three or three and a half publishing options that you have. And option number one, in no specific order that most people are familiar with, are the traditional New York publishing uh, publishers, such as like my publisher is John Wiley and & Sons. And then we have Time Warner and Penguin and Putnam and McGraw-Hill and in Hay House, and some of these companies are in New York, some are not in New York, most are in New York, but I just call these companies the traditional New York publisher route. And bottom line, in the past, these companies would buy the rights of your book, and then they print, publish, distribute their book, uh, and you give up and you sell the rights to this book with hopes that they're going to do the marketing for you. And unfortunately, about 15 years ago, 20 years ago, that's when they stopped doing marketing. Uh, Mark Victor Hansen of Chicken Soup for the Soul is on record as stating that a major New York publisher today is nothing more than a company that pays for the printing of the books. That's all they do. Uh, my books have been with my publisher in New York for five years, and they've done absolutely nothing. So I've experienced firsthand that publishing a book in New York uh, doesn't uh, necessarily ever ensure that you're going to actually make money off of the book. And every New York publisher that I've ever met, every single one of them are disappointed and wish they would have not selected that route because they're not making money, they're not getting paid. And so if you look at the numbers, a literary agent friend of mine that's been in the industry forever, she says that if you have a manuscript completed, then you have a 1 in 1,000 chance of having an editor in New York actually read your manuscript. If they read your manuscript, now you have a 1 in 1,000 chance of them actually buying the rights of your manuscript. 
And so one in 1,000 to read it, one in 1,000 to buy it. When I did my two-book deal with John Wiley & Sons uh, five or six years ago, they paid me $40,000 advance for two books. We did a two-book deal with Creating Your Own Destiny and The Affluent Entrepreneur. And that was back then, and I missed the big money by three or four years. If I'd have done it five years earlier, I could have gotten 100000 per book. But what's happened in the publishing industry, they continuously lose money year after year after year. So the advances are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So now what we see coming out of New York is if they read it and if they buy it, they're going to give you a one to $5,000 advance. And then they're going to ask you to sign an IOU that says that you commit to purchasing upwards of 10,000 books in your life at $10 a piece. And if you do the math, you're basically signing an IOU that says that you're going to buy $100,000 worth of your own books. And so I don't think that's a win-win-win deal. And by the way, uh, the reality of it is the New York publishing route is really not even an option for most people to consider. If you're not a movie star, a celebrity, a professional athlete, a musician, a politician, that I wouldn't even waste your time. I was rejected for 15 years before they bought the rights to my books. And the only reason why they bought the rights to my books is because I had sold several hundred thousand copies. And so they wanted my brand. They wanted my platform. And the only reason that I sold out to them was as a publishing coach and a book marketing coach, I felt that I could have more credential and credibility by knowing both the New York publishing route and the self-publishing route. And so from an author standpoint, selling my books to the New York publishing community was the absolute worst thing that I've ever done business-wise. Um, but from a coach, having that credential and credibility of uh, the number one business publisher in the world on my side, it was the best decision that I made business-wise. So I would say this. If you're not a movie star, a politician, a celebrity, professional athlete, politician, then I wouldn't even waste your time because you might spend 10, 15, 20 years before your book ever gets picked up. So that's option one is the traditional New York publishing route. Uh, a second option would be the internet publishing route. And if you go to the internet and in Google you type in the phrase publishing, you're going to find about a thousand companies that pop up. And every one of these cop companies are scams, every single one. And since we're being recorded, I'm not going to mention any names on this. But all you got to do, the first 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 companies that pop up on Google when you type in publishing, every one of those companies are a scam. And the reason why they're a scam, they're going to charge anywhere from $2,000 to $20,000 up front in advance to publish your book. And if you don't know any better, many people, millions of people select that route. So now they pay these companies all kinds of money at the end of the day when the time is right to print the book. Now the author uh, ends up printing the books, but they don't know any better. They print through these internet publishers. In the internet publishers, uh, they charge $12, $12, $12 a book. And you as an author, you don't know any better because you've never sourced out a printer before. So you pay $12, 12 12 12 12 12 to buy a book, 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 book. And then this internet publisher takes that $12, goes to their printer, they print your books for $6 a piece. And now they pay 6666 and they sell the books for you at 121212. So if you go out in your lifetime and you sell 10,000 copies of your book, these scam internet publishers have just taken $60,000 of your profits. So they're charging you on the front end and they're charging you on the back end. And the reason why is whomever controls the PDF files controls the print run. Whomever controls the print run controls the profits. And so what I coach and teach is full-fledged self-publishing where you eliminate all those third-party middlemen between you and the printer. 
You want to have a direct relationship with printers. I've got 29 printers all over the world that I've sourced my business with, that I've got relationships with. I introduce my publishing clients to printers in Hong Kong, in China, in Canada, all over the U.S. And so now my clients, when they print the book, they're paying 5 to $6 per book in the U.S. And then in China, if they want to go to China or Hong Kong, they're paying 2 to $3 per book. And so why in the world would we ever pay 12 12 12 for a book when we can print in the U.S. for 5 to $6 a book or pay uh, 2 to $3 a book? And the reason why this is important is to succeed in this industry, you need to understand that a book is nothing more than a lead-generating tool that you need to gift to your speaking, coaching, consulting, whomever your prospects are. And as you give those books away, the revenue will skyrocket in your business based on whatever products, services, uh, widgets that you create. And the key is, is that you give your books away like you're giving away candy at Halloween. You just give them away one, two, three, four, five books every day. You don't want to give books away to people who are homeless and live under a bridge. You want to give those people food because they're going to burn your books as fuel. What I'm suggesting that you do is you give your books away to meeting planners, to book uh, 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 book reviewers, to bloggers, to radio and TV producers, to editors of magazines, to people in network marketing or direct sales that have huge teams. You gift your book away upwards of five to seven to ten books a day to people who have big mouths who will promote your message. And the reason why option number three, full-fledged self-publishing, is the best way to go is because it's easy to give books away when you're paying two to three dollars a book or five to six dollars a book. It's very, very painful to give your books away when you're paying $12 a book. And that's why that internet publishing route just doesn't option, uh, is not a, a valid option. So I coach option three, which is full-fledged self-publishing. The same thing that Benjamin Franklin created at the when this country was started, same thing that Mark Twain, Henry David Thoreau, Edgar Allan Poe, Stephen King, Rudyard Kipling, anybody who's everybody in the field of publishing Every one of us, we get our start in self-publishing because you own 100% of the rights. You keep 100% of the profits. You make every last decision. If you want a pink soft cover book, you get pink soft cover. If you want purple hardcover, you get purple hardcover. You own it, you control it, and you keep all of the profits. And so that's why option three of self-publishing is the only way to actually make money out there. And there are other people out there that are aware of services like CreateSpace and Lulu and some of these others. And I would argue that the CreateSpaces and the Lulus are not actually real publishers. They're simply just prototype printers. And they were created to compete with China pricing. So if you need five or seven or ten books in a heartbeat, you can go to CreateSpace and get a low-cost, low-quality book for dirt, dirt cheap. Uh, and the issue is they've got technology constraints that they can't do hardcover, they can't do French flaps, they can't do some of those. So those are the three and a half publishing options, the traditional New York publishing route, the internet publishing route, which are all scams, uh, self-publishing, which I coach and teach, and then the uh, create space is really a, just a printer. And when you understand their technology limitations, you'll see that they are just a printer. So those are the three and a half publishing options. And the only way to make money in this business, if you select the traditional uh, route, uh, I'm sorry, the, the route of self-publishing. So those are uh, three things that everybody needs to really understand before they decide to plunge into this business. 
So last theme, uh, because our interview today is a, a dual-fold interview. Number one, to provide some really useful uh, information and overview and ideas to members of the audience about publishing uh, their book, uh, but also it's content marketing that we're using this to launch your sponsorship of the show. And I think that this is going to be a really good fit because, uh, number one, I'll be sharing my journey uh, as I've hired you to be my coach as I work through the publishing process. Uh, and then also I think this uh, that this show and, and your coaching services are going to be a great fit for at least some members of the audience. So let's talk about your specific coaching services and what you do. Lay out the marketplace, the different options. If somebody's been thinking about publishing a book, uh, where they would go for information and go ahead and give us your uh, few minutes of uh, advertising and sales pitch here of what makes you different versus other people who are out there as consultants and coaches. Well, first off, you know, I haven't sold 500 million copies of my books like many people in this industry have. And the people that have sold that many books, they don't have a coaching system. They aren't doing one-on-one coaching. They don't have a no-expiration lifetime coaching system like I have. And so I would suggest that the way that I'm different, there's nobody else on planet Earth that does what I do. There's nobody on planet Earth that offers the amount of value that I provide offering a lifetime uh, a coaching assistance for serving as the writing coach, publishing coach, book marketing coach, professional speaking coach, small business coach, coaching coach, consulting coach, media training coach, and publicity coach for life with no expiration. I do upwards of six live group coaching calls a week, a one-on-one call per week, unlimited email access, unlimited text, and then I do 11 bestseller publishing institutes around the world uh, each year. In addition to that, I provide my clients with a 52-step book marketing business plan, a 20 professional speaker secrets, uh, a path or model, a 55-step publishing coaching roadmap with all my vendors, editors, proofreaders, typesetters, cover designers, printers, eBooks, global book distribution, foreign language rights, audiobooks, the whole thing, A to Z, soup to nuts, we cover all of it as part of this information empire. So I would be thrilled and honored to offer anybody that's listening to this amazing uh, podcast um, uh, of Radical Personal Finance, anybody, uh, any of your fans, anybody listening, a complimentary, no obligation, 30 to 60 minute publishing consultation by phone, by uh, Skype or in person if geographically possible. And the best way to, uh, to schedule that is to send me a text on my private cell phone number. That number is 206-310-1200. Again, that's 206-310-1200, And then send me your name and your time zone, and I will text you right back to get a hold of you. Also, for more information, you can look on the web at my website, my professional speaking website is patricksnow.com, but most importantly, my publishing website is thepublishingdoctor.com. All three words all spelled out, thepublishingdoctor.com. Go to that website. There's a thin line red box. There's a one-hour publishing interview on there that you might want to listen to as well. All the information that you ever want to know about publishing, I've got about a 20-page scrolling website there on thepublishingdoctor.com that shows anything and everything that you want to know about this business. And then, of course, you can email me. My email is patrick at patricksnow.com. Again, patrick at patricksnow.com. But my concern with emails, oftentimes people's emails end up in my spam box. 
and I miss it all together. And hence, that's the best reason why your listeners should text me direct on my private cell phone number to schedule their complimentary 30 to 60 minute consultation. And again, that number is 206 310 1200. Be sure to put your name and your time zone, and we'll get back to you and schedule that call. Patrick, this has been awesome. I'm, uh, I've had a great time working with you so far, and uh, <laughs> we're going to crank out the Radical Personal Finance bestseller, and I'll be reporting to the audience the, the whole progress uh, all along the way, and I hope that um, I hope this, I think this is going to work out really well. Publishing a book, in my mind, takes some time, and it's going to take some work as I'm in the thick of, of writing it and working my way through all these publishing decisions myself with you. But I see the benefit of it, and I'm excited about it, and I'd love for some of the audience members for whom it's appropriate who have uh, a business or a practice or at that stage where they can go ahead and take this next step for their own marketing. Uh, I would love for them to connect with you. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, and I would say that publishing a book is the third most important decision in your life. You know, First is who you're going to marry. Number two is how many children you're going to have. And then number three is to write and publish a book to promote whatever practice that you do. It is the world's greatest marketing secret. And so I would just leave your listeners with this last quote, and that is, think it, ink it, believe it, achieve it. When you think it, ink it, believe it, achieve it, you will become an unstoppable force of power, fully capable of achieving your destiny. I like it. Thanks, dude. Pull out a pen, sit down, write down some ideas. And to get started is all I have to say. Uh, you've got a lot of <laughs> you got a lot of work ahead of you <laughs> to get started on your book. Interesting thing, I can't give away Patrick's intellectual property, but uh, when I became a coaching client, one of the things that was really useful to me was he actually sent over his instruction manual for the actual process of writing a book. And he coaches his clients of specifically step by step by step by step how to actually write their book. It's really, really good. And that's his intellectual property, so I'm not going to steal it. But if you do become a client of his, he gives you a really great step-by-step process for specifically one thing after another, what to do. So uh, if you think that you're interested in publishing, you're interested in writing a book, then uh, reach out to Patrick. Again, the best way to get a hold of him is to text him. I'll put that number in the show notes for today's show, or you can write it down now. It is 206 310 one two zero zero. Text him your name and your uh, time zone, and your fo- and just let him know you heard about him on Radical Personal Finance, and he'll coordinate a time to connect with you. Uh, so that's always the best way to get a hold of him or uh, to check him out. Again, go to patricksnow.com or thepublishingdoctor.com, and you can see a lot of his information. And then research his uh, reputation out there, just like you would with anybody. Uh, but he's been so far, I've really enjoyed working with him, and he's been helpful to me. Uh, I've been trying to help him a little bit with his techie stuff. <laughs> he tells me his weak point is some of the tech stuff so i've been trying to get a couple of things uh, give him a couple of ideas to improve his 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 uh his tech ability uh so patrick we'll get you squared away i hope you, you 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 help me get my book published and make it look beautiful and nice and we'll get your tech stuff squared away so again if you want to get in touch with him um the best way to do that is text him at 206-310-1200 thank you all so much for listening i appreciate each and every one of you who is in this audience i appreciate all the love and support that you give to me i appreciate uh the 
emails that you send me. I appreciate the reviews that you make on iTunes. Those those things are so uh, important and helpful, and I thank you for each and every one of them. If you enjoy and appreciate the show, please consider sharing it with somebody else. Uh, The best way to subscribe to the show is either subscribe in iTunes or using our free mobile app. So if you want to tell a friend about the show, just tell them, search the app store for Radical Personal Finance, and they can find out and download our free mobile app, put it on their phone, and they can listen every day when the show comes out. So please share that with somebody else. Uh, Tell them uh, about the show. I would really appreciate that. If you enjoy and appreciate the content here on Radical Personal Finance and you'd like to support it directly, uh, that is still the core foundation of bringing advertisers on, but uh, ultimately the core foundation of the show is you. Uh, supporting the show directly you can join and become a patron of the show uh, on our patreon page uh, the way that you do that is go to radicalpersonalfinance.com slash patron sign up to support the show uh, it can be as little as a buck a month or three bucks a month five bucks a month ten bucks a month etc sign up to support the show there at radicalpersonalfinance.com slash patron and i'll give you some extra bribes and goodies for doing that thank you so much for listening i will be back with you soon